0: before we stand at the Sunday service, to even now, you know, that I realize that a few people can say that they came in contact with us, and their lives never changed. You know, a few, just a few people who could say that they came in contact, a few, sometimes you can even mention certain names. Everyone that, in one way or the other, has come in contact with us. This ministry will either be improved by the Word of God and or will see certain happenings in their lives depending on what the Spirit of God desires to do in their lives. Amen. Every life that we have met, we have encountered throughout, most of them, majority of them, could testify of a changed life. Because so that is the grace that is in the ministry. If all those whose lives have changed from this ministry, some got houses, cars, good jobs, if all of them were being faithful and committed to this ministry, then I don't think where we should be by this time. You know. And there are a lot of names we can mention, present and past. You can't deny the authenticity of the grace in this ministry unless you are blind by denials. You can't deny it. We may not make a lot of noise about it, but you can't deny it. You can't deny the lives that have been changed from the onset till to today. You know, and that is a proof that anyone that associates, then that's the proof that God has sent us. We may not know which particular nation that we will be in, that our name will be viral, but that is not up to us. That is up to Him. But we have to be faithful in what is asked us to do. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. Why? Because you know, God has when to expose a person. God doesn't expose somebody because he has exposed somebody. Or a ministry doesn't explode because another ministry has exploded. God has a timing for every minister of the gospel. Amen. Some are sent into one nation. You should understand the way the grace of God works. Some are sent to one community. Some are sent to nations. Nations. Some are sent to certain continents, you know. And all is because Jesus Christ through the spirit is building his church. So it is not all men of God who are global. Are you guys know what I'm saying? Or who are supposed to be global. It's not all ministers or visions that are global. It's not all visions that are local too. It's not all visions that are national. Some visions are for certain communities. Some visions are for certain nations. Some visions are for uh, certain countries. And you should understand that what it takes to prepare one that is the Spirit of God preparing one for a global ministry is different from what it takes from preparing one from a local ministry. Do you get what I'm talking about? What it takes. Preparing a minister of the gospel for just a nation or some portion of the nation is different from what it takes in preparing another minister when he's taking nations. Because the opposition that you will face in taking nations is even from the opposition that a person who is just taking a community will face. Amen. The kind of message and the way the message must be presented to nations will be difficult. The preparation and the training sometimes, depending on the minister, takes time. Depending on the minister. It doesn't mean that some minister, and that's what the scriptures tell us, that we should not compete with one another. We should not compare ourselves with one another. What the Lord has told us to do is what we are doing. We are following following closely. And I say every time that Jesus has left has not left us without a witness. Jesus has not left us without a witness, that He has not left us without a fulfillment of the vision in someone's life. Amen. Year upon year, therefore, in fact, I I believe that there is no testimony that people share anywhere in Ghana here that we have not seen in our church. Yeah, it's just that sometimes we don't make it so loud. We just share the best we are because of the kind of vision God has given us. We want to see certain things more mightier than what we are seeing. So we feel like if we stay with the mighty one and make all the noise, we may not move to the mightier one. What do you guys think? Yeah. So I just want to tell you, if you are following the man of God, and you follow closely, without prayers, what is expected that it happens in your life, the Spirit of God, through the grace He's given to the man of God, will, will perform that in your life. That grace, you see it working in your life. Did you hear what I said? Mm-hmm. And you see it working in the lives of the Christians, the church, and the people that God has given to us. God has given each one of us, every minister, is a people. You know, a people. There's no need going to steal somebody's uh, what you call sheep. Everyone has his people and there's a timing when they come in multitudes. The timing when they come little by little. All are designed by the Spirit. There is nothing that is hidden before the eyes of the Holy Spirit when it comes to the building of the church. The Bible says that except the Lord builds the house. Do you not know what it says? It is the labor in vain that builds it. Meaning that the house is built. By God Himself. Are you hearing sure what I'm saying? Yeah. Through his servants. I said the Lord builds the house. He says the labor in vain that builds it. And every house is built by a man, the Bible says. But it's God that builds all things. That's what the scripture says. So every man has his building. That is supposed to some this year had a vision and I was taken to a building, and a building that the man of God has built. And the man had left that building and was building another one. And the man who was with me in the vision said he did not understand why he, that he this man left this building and started building this one. He said that this has taken a lot of money, has taken a lot of time, and it will not fulfill this purpose. But instead of going to build another one, he should have just added what he wanted to add in the new building to the old one. Then later he gave me a book. And the, book was filled with the, the book was the drawing of the building that the person had built. And then he said, this is what I want you to build. And somewhere around about three months ago, and when I looked at the building he was talking about, it's very similar to the one the man had built. just that the man had left certain things out, certain three things out of the building and was building another one with that three things. And it was like there was no need for that. You know. And he gave me the, is it what we call the plan? And from that time I realized that sometimes in ministry you are doing something. But it doesn't mean it's the full fulfillment of God wants you to do. What God wants you to do, you know. He shows you all of that and tells you. Father explained to me all the graces that must be working in the ministry. It's not one grace that works or two graces. So I said this recently. I said that on all our programs we'll be doing next year, depending on how the spirit of God leads us and all that. We didn't turn the programs into prophecies, prophecies, prophecies. No. Why? Because there are graces. And sometimes you are not careful. You will miss the other graces and not pursue them because you are so with just this grace. You are seeing it as the only way. You know. But once He shows you the different things, you have to pursue it. It's God's role to give us a plan and the purpose for the plan. And it's our role to pursue the plan and the purpose. With the right purpose. You understand what I said? So it's important that as we follow, I wanted to look at something in the book of uh, in the book of Judges, chapter six. Judges, chapter six, verse one to seven. Judges, chapter six. Oh, we love you, Jesus. Amen. So your commitment to the ministry is so important. Your faithfulness to the ministry is very important. None of it will go waste. Amen. When you see somebody in this ministry struggling after so many years, and I'm telling you here as leaders, don't just listen to what the person says. Because the person comes to church you understand I observe and analyze the person's follow worship of what we are doing. Did you hear what I said and this is not just for today for tomorrow but I believe that in the future we all do things for this ministry what do you guys think? so observe for the, 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 the genuine followership. there are people who can make noise talk talk as if they are doing what we are, they are part of what you are doing but they don't even know what we taught on Sunday, thought less of what we are teaching today. So there are some people I know who are doing very well in this ministry who are no longer doing very well. There are some too who couldn't really grasp all the things we taught. They were here with us, and some are still living here with us, but they've not really grasped all the things that we've been teaching. You know, They don't know what we are actually about and I'm not talking about those new converts we they just came, the people who are just coming and we are still working on them. I'm talking about people who have been with us for a while. You realize they don't really grasp, you know, if you, have, you, you can't follow this ministry for a period of time and begin to talk about, about it, you can't. You can't because you hardly have an issue with what we do here. Do you understand what I'm saying? You hardly have an issue with what we do here. What do we do here? Dickenness, what do we do? We teach the word of God. We teach the word of God and we open the scriptures, look into the scriptures, and we show you what you should do with what you are learning. And we do all that it takes to help you, not just for you to get something, but for your spiritual life also to be built. Is that not true? We do all what it takes to also be a blessing in such a way that people do not come. There are people, for example, Emmanuel, who is go, says he's going and all of that. Uh, uh, God opened a, a door, another door for, for him and all that. He can't stand anywhere and say, Papa took my money. No. The highest he has done is the thousand that I gave me by vision. That one came by after two or three years. It came by vision. If the Spirit of God are not gone to say you owe this man of God to look at your life today and all of that, we don't even have got it. Mm. We don't coerce people we see it here. We take our seeds that we have to take. And we don't coerce people we see it here. Amen. You see, when people are going down, they look for people to blame. One of the things I say every time, the one you see that you are going down, talk to the Holy Spirit. There are things that You may feel you are right about unless or until you've spoken to the Holy Spirit then you realize that, no, you are wrong. It's just your pride that is making you feel that you are right. Do you get what I'm talking about? If we will talk to the Holy Spirit, He will judge us. He will help us to judge ourselves. Let me put it that way. To do the right thing. So no one can stand somewhere and say that "Papa, Papa did something bad. Papa, all that he's looking for is our money, Papa, is been here doing things with our money, and nobody can say that. And all that the people who say that, maybe they think that Papa is doing something with their money, all of them came here with zero account too. Most of them, you know, but I'm teaching you I'm telling you some of these things because you are leaders. And... It's important that we learn how to observe and analyze people as leaders. Don't just jump into what somebody is saying. Amen. Remember I said that the scriptures last week I said, it's mark them that cause divisions and avoid such people. Divisions. God is not the author of confusion. You can't build your vision within a vision. Can't do that because God is not the author of confusion. And there are men who followed certain men of God and became great. It did not appear that they will become great, but they became great. It didn't look like they will become great, but they became great. When God loves you, He sends a man of God into your life to help you. God loves you. Everybody, God loves, He sends a man of God to help you. Amen. I, I know, not that I believe, I know that WCN is a global vision. Yes, I know without a shadow of doubt. And I know what God is expecting to see in this ministry as it is. test. Amen. Amen. It's not a normal church we are building. In fact, after Sunday, when I went to my church, some of the things we even share concerning prayer, not everybody will want to come to this church because, I, I, because of the things I'm teaching. Do you understand what I'm saying? Not everybody will want to uh, what you are talking about. Everybody wants to teach on prayer as coming to get something. Come and let's pray so that you get something. Come and let's pray so that God will do something. Do you understand? So when you change that and say no, because I teach every subject I teach based on my understanding of the Christian. I don't teach what I teach based on my understanding of those who have come to God. Do you understand? So everything you see us teach, are you following what I'm saying? Every subject and all. And I want you to catch these things because you are leaders. You should understand. I said it some time ago that there are people who came to Jesus to receive. And there is the Jesus who who did things. Now in the mind of God, we Christians are not like those who came to Jesus. In the mind of God, we Christians are like the Jesus who did things. And not many ministers even can think like that. It's a spirit of wisdom and understanding. And once you, you have that mentality, all your Doctrines follow suit. And the things you would want to see in the body of Christ also follow suit. So if we say, oh, we are just like the. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, so you read the Gospels and you see that people came to Jesus. Is that not true? But who is the Jesus? And which one of these people are we connected to as Christians? So not many pastors think like that. And that means that there is a How should I put it? There is a burden on us. There's a burden on us with this kind of understanding to do something uncommon. Do you get what I'm saying? Hmm. So you can see a pastor and say, this pastor is great, this pastor is... But by the person's understanding and and doctrine, you know what he's after. And sometimes white people may be even after what he's doing. But that is not what God wants me to do. So I don't have to come just trying to build a church based on how people are so tra- to want something and all that. But to build a church where, where Christians know they are capable and the, the ability they have in Christ and how to put it to work. Amen. Amen. You know what I said? Yes, and if we are, we are following what I just said, then our understanding of prayer will also change. Do you understand what I said? That's why i talk about the sentiments of the Lord Jesus in prayers. There's a way Jesus prayed. It's different. There's a way Bartimaeus, if he was praying to Jesus, will pray. Do you understand? And there's a way if Jesus was praying to the Father, he would pray. Depending on where we are, I'm just using blind Bartimaeus or all those who came to Jesus in one way or the other.
1: whatever I said?
0: This what I'm sharing with you. Faith affects all the things you teach on grace, on love, on faith, everything, you see, you will not teach faith as coming to, using your faith to get something from God, you will be teaching faith on using your faith to do something like Jesus, then it becomes a different teacher, this one is different from what I already know, because what you already know is about people who are coming to Jesus, what you are talking about is about Jesus who has made us like him, and how we can function like him, it's a difference, Are you following what I'm teaching? What I'm trying to say, that's why I always say that we have a message. Make sure you stay with the message. you listen to the message. And the message forms part of you. It's very important. We are not, this is not a normal church. And I believe, I know that this is a church going to nations. We have a message. We have a higher syllabus for the body of Christ. Yes, we have a message. And not just we have a message. We have some certain manifestations based on the message that the world must see. Yes, sir. May- okay, what I said? Yes, sir. So, judges chapter six Are you following what I'm teaching you? Yes, I have to finish this thing today. What do you guys think? Yes, sir. You say, and the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian, or Midian, seven years. Continue. One, we are reading one, two, seven. quickly. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel. And because of the Midianites, the children of Israel made them tents which are in the mountains and caves and strongholds. Uh-huh. And so it was, when Israel had sown by the Midianites, see so the Midianites the in ceremony they were doing, when the Israelites had sown, because the Israelites were afraid of them, the Midianites, the Midianites came up, and the Amalekites and the children of the East, even they came up against them, Verse 4. And they encamped against them and destroyed the increase of the earth. Till thou come unto gather, and left no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep, nor ox, nor ass. Mm-hmm. Verse 5. So the Midianites will come and take all the things that they have. Once they sow, they will come and take. Once they have their cattle, their and all that, the Midianites will come to Israelites and take all the things they have because the Israelites will have <laughs> For they came up with their cattle and their tents, and they came as grasshoppers for multitude. But both they and their camels were without number, and they entered in the land to destroy it. Verse 6. And Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites. And the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. Do you see it there? The people of Israel cried unto the Lord. This is when, just like when, I will continue And it came to pass, when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord because of the Midianites, Mm -hmm. that the Lord sent a prophet unto the children of Israel. When the children of Israel cried unto the Lord because of the Midianites, who did God send? A prophet. He did not say God sent an answer. God sent a prophet. Do you hear what I said? So, God sent a prophet because some people had cried unto him. And He heard their cries. But in answer to their cries, he sent a prophet. It's like when he met Moses and he said, Moses, I have heard the cries of my people. The question is, if you have heard the cries of your people, then answer their cries. It's not true. But said, I have heard the cries of my people and I have done what? I am sending you to go and deliver them. That is, the, that is how God sees a man of God. The man of God is the answer to the cries of people. Of the people that God has sent him to. You know, he hears cries, then he sends a man. And so sometimes there are nations that are crying Because there is no one to explain the scriptures to them. Then he sends the people. The same thing he did with the Ethiopian Enoch. When a guy was reading the book and did not understand what he was reading in the book of Acts. And a guy was reading throughout the laws. Did not know he was reading like like some newspapers. You understand. God had to send Philip to the man. To explain the scriptures to him. He still does that today. So your man of God is the person God has sent into your life. God has seen you. And he sends a man of God into your life. See, for your benefit. To train you. To guide yourselves. To teach you. To give you wisdom. And all that. Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Now let's go to Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 22, verse 2. Oh, Jesus, shout about her, Who is in church today? 1 Samuel chapter 22, verse 2. One of the well, Many years to come, you will be using this same message to teach others who are under you. Shout amen to that. Amen. Maybe you'll be pastors of nations somewhere, somewhere, in nations somewhere. You say Papa taught us this. Amen. 1 Samuel 22, verse 2. Let me start from verse 1. David therefore departed thence and escaped, this was when Saul was after David, and escaped to the cave, are we talking about following your man of God, escaped to the cave, Adulam, and when his brethren and all his father's house heard it, they went down there to him. Verse 2. When his brethren and all his father's house, they went down to him because he was being pursued by Saul. And was running for his life. He had been anointed a king in place of Saul. But the right time had not yet arrived for him to take the throne. And Saul knew that. And Saul out of envy was pursuing David. And David was running for his life. And the Bible says that he ran to a cave called Adullam. And when the people in his household heard that David has run there, knowing he has been anointed a mighty man, the household followed him there. Amen. They did not follow him there to be rich. They did not follow him there to analyze him. They followed him. Because they knew there was something about his life that was peculiar. Did you hear what I said? And then he said, And everyone that was in distress, and everyone that was in debt, and everyone that was discontented, gathered themselves unto him, and he became a captain over them. And there were with him about four hundred men. Look at it there. Everyone that was in distress was in debt, discontented. They all gathered themselves unto David, and he became a captain over them. And there were with him about four hundred men. So he had about 400 men with him. They all gathered unto him. The man didn't know where he was going. He was running for his life. You see, I'm teaching you certain things. Faithfulness to somebody who has been anointed. In David's time, we don't talk about grace. I think I explained this during the camp meeting we had. We talk about the anointing that was poured on them, the anointing that came on them. Because he was anointed the king over Israel. Amen. Yes. And these men gathered themselves unto him, not because he had become very rich, you see. He was a mighty man. He had strength. The Spirit of God granted David strength to overcome Goliath and all of that. But this is this David running for his life. And look at these men running to gather themselves unto him. Did you hear what I said? And these men stayed with him ritual the scriptures, this man stayed with him. And some other men also gathered themselves around him. And look at the condition that these men were in. They were in debt. Yes, were they were there in debt. Yes, they were distressed. They had nowhere to go. They had nothing to do. They were discontented about life. Life was not sweet for them. Do you understand? Yes, and they just said, no, this man is anointed. Let us follow him. And they started following David. You read throughout the scripture and you realize that they are the ones who became the mighty man, the mighty man of David. Because David had a spirit of mind on his life. And when he went to fight, he went to war, he defeated his, the, the armies and all that and kept on fighting, you see, and getting rich and getting things and all of that. This man, the same spirit of mind that was given specifically to David, came upon this man. So the Bible tells us David, mighty men of, of, of valor, the mighty men of David, who went into war sometimes without David and still conquered their enemies. Why? Because the grace that was on David, as we put it in the New Testament, became at work in these mighty men. David was a man of might and wisdom. All the people who gathered around him became mighty men, men of might. And wisdom. You don't have time to read all those names. But they mention certain names. How they became so mighty. Some of them alone defeated the enemies. Alone. One man. They met the Philistines and defeated them. One man. The armies. One man facing an army. Why? Because they were associates of David. So whatever rubbed on David at a particular point in time in their work, their work with David also came upon them and began, began to work in their lives. You do hear what I said? If it was in this generation, after they see these mighty things, just like David, they will go and start their own camp. And say, so I'm also starting my own camp because now there is mighty what's sent on me like David. So I don't have to belong to David's camp. That is one of the, the, the cankers. Of this new generation. It's a like cancer. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yeah. But these men were, free. that's what I'm talking about, following. They followed David until his death. They follow. If David ran, they ran with him. If David lied down, they lied with him. see, we need such kind of people in the church today. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yeah. We need that kind of leaders in WCN today. Amen. And God will give us those leaders in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Who is following what I'm sharing? Go to 2nd Samuel chapter 23. So today when a little thing, something small from the man of God comes upon someone, or something small of the man of God that is then, it's like, oh, let me also go and start my camp and gather people around me, you know. But you read and you see that this man stayed with David. When he got access to Saul to kill him, it was one of them who said, let's kill Saul today. And David said, no. I refuse to charge the Lord's anointed. Several times, he went to battle and they went with him. Even though he had not been made king at that time, he had been made king, but he had not been enthroned. Saul had not yet died. He didn't kill Saul to become a king. He waited. With, when you are with a man of God, even if you think God has called you to do any ministry, the, the proper way to, to, to make sure you don't follow, you don't, you don't come under a curse, is to stay with that person until that person, the timing, and the person releases you. That is what David did. Saul was on the throne. God anointed David when Saul was on the throne. God had rejected Saul, but God did not kill Saul. Are you following? Because God is principle. Then he follows his leadership. Are you following what I'm saying? Yes, these are some of the other people go up and they are, then they are down. There are no people who years back, they learned a little things of all these things that, that we, some of us have been sharing and all that. And they were moving from churches to churches. They invite them and they go and stand them and be teaching like Papa P is teaching. like I've heard all that Papa P can teach and all that. But if that you can preach and we can preach again. But David didn't do that. Men who fear God and have reverence for him know how to deal with his things. David could have gone with his army. Because at a point in time he had become very mighty. And everybody was scared when they saw David coming. God had given him strength. In fact, we read a scripture verse soon. It says that David's strength was more than two thousand military men joined together, one man. So if he wanted to take just go to Saul and kill him, wouldn't have killed him? But I said no, no. I don't touch the lost anointed. But he also was anointed, so you could say I'm also anointed like Saul, exactly. like today people do. That's the rep. That's what I was talking about. Rebellious and he looked like You understand? So am I not also anointed like Saul? After all, someone anointed Saul, and someone who anointed me. In fact, he made us, made everybody stand that I was anointed. Is that not true? And described his own like it's unique. And then go to the palace to kill Saul and take over. But no, he knew the timing. And even though God had anointed him, God would put him on the throne at the right time. That's how to follow a man of God. There's a right time when the man of God explodes. Once you are following, you begin to enjoy. And you are following with, with followers, good hearts, not following for what some people just follow because, you know, our people become great. So let me be at the corner somewhere and be watching. watching. Once it becomes great, it doesn't remove me out. I know all those people in the church. How do you guys think? So they are just hiding by the corner. Then some of them the period of time, They say, oh David, you're so tired. And so, you know, I was sharing something today. I was, I was, a, a lot of things were coming to my mind. Today, I just second Samuel, right. Chapter 23. Verse 8 to 39. You know, when Jesus Chose his disciples. The Bible said he had other seventy or seventy-two that he sent to go and do one or two. Is that not two. We will call them the seventy-two elders or seventy elders. Let's like say they were elders, and the others were disciples. And he sent them. One day he taught something they didn't understand. He taught about drinking his blood and eating his body. And we were sure what kind of teaching is this. Are we, uh, what, cannibals or what is he talking about today? These men have been hearing Pastor Jesus teach. They've always been hearing Pastor Jesus as he taught the word of God, as he healed the sick, as he did miracles. They were following him. It because he didn't just appoint them out of the blues. They were following him, outside the disciples. And he appointed them. Even he sent them two by two to cities and all that. But in the Gospel of John, John tells us that Jesus thought about eating his bread, eating his flesh, and drinking his blood. And these people did not understand what Pastor Jesus was sharing. They could have waited and said, Pastor, Pastor there are all the parables we've been sharing with you, actually, but this one, we don't really know what you are talking about. Zero to exactly. After he said and they saw that they didn't understand, they stood up and carried their bags and luggages and left the church. They left Jesus' church. Jesus is, you see, people leave churches. Somebody said something. People leave churches for several reasons. It doesn't mean God is not in the church. Uh, The man of God, the woman of God is doing something wrong. Do you understand what I'm saying? For certain reasons. But we can't explain all that now. But these people got offended at the teaching of Jesus. And they left the church. Jesus didn't go around binding demons. And say, ah, these are demons that have influenced these people wrongly. Do you understand? No. He said... He looked at his disciples that were with him, including Iscariot, and said, Will you also follow them? Will you go? And Simon said, No, Master, we have nowhere to go. You have the words of eternal life. Where are we going to? The others were with Jesus, heard all his teachings. This particular teaching didn't go well for them. Are you following what I'm saying? So Jesus could determine the, the, what was in their heart to do that. That is why he didn't go and call them back, and let me explain. Did he say that? He didn't say, go and bring them back, let me explain very well. Ah, why have they left my church? No, 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 no. He looked at them as they were going, and left them to let them go. Then he asked Peter and others, will you also join them? So that it will be like, only me, and I'll just start another church again. You see, starting church again, when somebody starts a church, it's not new. Even God had to start a church again. Do you understand what I'm saying? After he created man, in quote, a church in quote, after he created man, man, sin and all that, the Bible says it repented the Lord that he had made man. Because his imaginations and the thoughts of his heart were evil continually. Do you understand? He said, no, 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 I'm displeased at this generation. Let me clear them. Then he looked for Noah. He cleared their entire generation. That is letting the, like Jesus leaving all the multitudes and the 72 and all that to just go, you go and let it be left with 12 of us. We will still start the church the way it is. And the whole generation died by the flood. And saved only eight souls. How many souls? Eight church members. God had eight church members. And after the eight souls, what did he do with them? He started a new race, or a race, Noah's race, from that generation again. Because he saw that these people would not help me. And he cleared all of them. And brought new people who will, bring, who will help him. And truly, from Noah, we get to where? We get to Abraham. You heard what I said. So those things happen. Things like this happen. Amen. Amen. Things like this happened. The same as the people left. They all left. And it was there with Jesus and his twelve disciples, including Iscariot. And with, there is nowhere in the scriptures where he mentions the name of the, the seventy two or even mentions them again. The Bible never said that when they were in the upper room, when Jesus came, the seventy two were among them. And the Bible never recorded those that when they were in the upper room, the seventy had come back again to be among them. No, they mentioned women and Mary and other Jesus' brothers and all that, but it never mentions those seventy who left, because Jesus never called them back. So some of the people say it's not everybody who leaves church that we call that please come back or we call hello. Why are you not coming to church? Oh, please come. Oh, come you know we need you in church. We need you in church. Jesus didn't make those calls. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. He didn't make those calls. Those who, after staying with the Master all the years and learning things to the point where he appoints you 70, do you understand? And and says, go to the cities and you go to the cities two by two and you see the hand of God, then you come back, then you hear another teaching that you don't like, then you say, oh, some, did, some people hear another rebuke, they say, we are not coming again. You know, all those things and all that. You see? So, as we as we, as we do ministry, look at the doing ministry, ministry. we will encounter a lot of things. It doesn't mean that you are wrong or somebody is wrong. No. No. Just focus on the Word of God and focus on the Holy Spirit. Sometimes you may not know why certain things happen the way they happen. But you don't need to know why they are all happening. We just have to trust the Holy Spirit. One of my greatest, whatever, is that my trust in the Holy Spirit. I do not care if the whole world will fall apart. As long as the Holy Spirit is always with me, it's not for me. Why? Because that Holy Spirit, what he can do in a second? Gideon blew a trumpet. And all the people gathered around him in a second. So it's not church growth, I say it time, it's not about uh, how many people you have put on with you. That's why I'm using the seventy as examples. You have, stayed, you have stayed with you. Some can stay with you, stay with you, but they are not following you. So when the trials come, or when they go astray and you want to correct them, then you will know that they were not following you. Did you hear what I said? I know people who, who stood somewhere, who are, they still come to church, but they still said things about me. Such people are not following you. They are just in church. When we see you, say hello, hello, hi, hi. You won't get angry that you are in church. But at the right time, you realize that there are some on the church, they put some pins you can't see. <laughs> are you hearing what I'm saying? So, these men were down they came to, G, to uh, David, stayed with David, and the Spirit of God turned them to mighty men of David. They became very mighty. Second Samuel says, and after him was Eliza, the son of Dodo, the Ahohite, one of the three mighty men with David, when they defied the Philistines that were there to gather together to battle, and the men of Israel were gone away, ten. A lot of, you can't read all. He arose and smote the Philistines until his hand was weary. And his hand clave unto the sword. And the Lord wrought a great victory that day. And the people returned after him only to spoil. Or they they returned after You do understand. His hand clave. This was a man who worked with David. David was the mighty man who killed Goliath, whose name spread everywhere. But by mere association, divine association, staying with a mighty man, of the David the mighty man, they became mighty men. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's very important. And in the leadership work and all that, we observe people who are really following. You can tell those who are following. You can tell those who are, who are talking, talking. You can give them a go they will talk. They will talk for Jesus to even clap his hands and all that. But they are not really following their mind of God. Are <laughs> you hearing what I'm saying? I'm following the man of God. You can continue reading, but because of time, you can read it when you go home. Second Samuel chapter 23. You read down what you see. There is mighty man. See, I'm a mighty man, a mighty of, man. Pastor of Pastor Prince. I'm doing mighty things. Being mighty, yes. Second Samuel chapter 13. Oh, no, let me just give this before. Samuel. Okay, Second Samuel chapter 1. No, before we go to that, just wait a little bit. Let me share with you something. David has had children. I want you to see, now when we talk about the re- rebelliousness of Absalom, Amen. But I want you to see, I want to look at that as we talk about people who follow the man of God and those who rebel in the, in the, under the man of God. And people who don't want to be corrected under the man of God, People who don't want to be rebuked and people who have their own intentions, even though they are following the man of God. Amen. You should, you should, as a leader of the church, you should look at all of that. And you don't condone rebels, even if it is hundreds of them, and they are all living, thousands of them. You don't condone rebels. Because once that heart is there, even if they pretend they have changed, they will still rebel. Did you hear what I said? The yes, people who can follow and their man of God. We are Christians who can't follow any man of God. To them, they are their own men of God. They can't follow. And those are the people who go to churches just to talk, 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 talk. Everybody who has rebelled, even this year, you realize there are those who have always been talking that we know about that we don't talk. And we still greet and shake and say, Hello, how are you doing? May the Lord bless you. They've always been rebelling in their hearts. I know some of them who came to kneel down in my house to beg after rebelling. But you realize that that heart is still there. So when you correct them in their heart, they want to still rebel. It's like, why, is he, why should he be able to talk to me like that? Who is he to talk to me? If there is this thing that makes them feel nobody should talk to them the way we are talking to them. You see, Starting something is different from ending it. Starting something is different from ending it. There are people who have, by study, said, said there was a man of God who left Pastor B and felt he has, he has arrived and was talking against uh, this, uh, the man of God, Pastor B. There are men of God like that. They've all gone into, what? Oblivion. Because sometimes, eh, ministry is not the people you are praying for or the preaching you can preach to. Ministry is your work with the Spirit. That's where ministry begins. Ministry about your work with the Spirit how you should be, what you should be doing at every... There is nothing I share, no message I share, that doesn't come from the Holy Spirit. There's no message there's no message like it's... When I say I don't have anything to share, I say, "Pastor, go and preach, because I don't have anything to share. Sometimes you feel your microphone is not really in your hands, so you say, go and share something. But every time you see me come to teach, I teach based on what the Holy Spirit has given to me to teach, as to which people is after is up to him. Is that not true? But we teach what we are asked to teach. We don't. I don't. We don't just. I'm not. Don't just come and preach because somebody has preached it. No, I preach what the Holy Spirit leads me to preach. And sometimes the message, the way you should even write the sentences and communicate the sentences are all given to you to teach. Sometimes you see what you should do. And then you go about doing it. Just follow the Holy Spirit. Do you understand? So it's not about, uh, I pray for somebody. We pray for this. I've I also prayed for somebody else's testimony. Or when, when you, Papa gives you the microphone, I can really preach. Can even preach more than Pastor Obed. You see, and all of that. It's not ministry, it's not about that. Ministry is what you are doing in the closet. And what, what God has specifically told you to do which you will be accounting to him on what has he told you to do, and his preservation in your life. Are you following what I'm saying? I said, said, many years ago, nobody can see me now and say that God has not been good to me. No one can say it. I have a lot of experiences from the Holy Spirit. I have a lot of things that he has taught me, and the things that I'm still pursuing, and why I'm pursuing them. It's not that I'm just doing things. But sometimes people don't know. They just feel like, oh, I can also do this thing. I've done some before. And by the time you check, started doing, 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 the guy has gone into oblivion. He has gone to where? Oblivion. oblivion. Because he was trying to copy what somebody was doing and feeling like he can also do. You know, instead of me putting my money into this vision for it to work, I can have my money to be, do my own thing. I know people like that who felt God has called them to. God has called them to. Who, in fact, Nothing that not some of them, even some who still come to my house and I accept them and still pray for them because I'm not the Holy Spirit, I can pray for you thousands of times, but once you're on the wrong path, you may not know it earlier, you only know it somewhere in the middle. Then you are standing there and be turning your left head left and right, then you realize, Oh, this was what Papa was talking about. It right, may be too late. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So it says that he arose. Where are we? Yes, yeah, so in 2 Samuel chapter 13, we are told about some of David's sons. And something, this story is very powerful. Listen to me. Are you here? There is this David's son that was called Abnon, Absalom. He had many sons. David had many sons. And there was Absalom. And there was one called Amnon. And Absalom had a daughter called Tamar. And this Amnon, who was also David's son, fell in love with Tamar, the sister of Absalom. And the Bible says he fell in love with her so much that he didn't know what to do. When he's walking around, he'll be displeased. He, he was displeased at himself that such a beautiful sister is there. And he didn't know what to do. So one of his friends discovered and said, went to him and said, why are you always, you are the king, Samab. what is wrong with you? And then he said, it's not me, I'm falling in love with my sister. Absalom's uh, what? Sister, my, my, my half-brother, my half-sister. And I don't know what to do. For any time I see her, all my body begins to shake. And then the friend said, oh, let me give you a, a counsel. What you should do is just pretend as if you are sick. And uh, tell your father to bring Tamar to take care of you. And then when she comes, you rape her or something like that. And he did it. And raped her. The Bible says after he raped her and threw her out of the house, he became... The the, the love left and hatred came into his heart. He began to hate her. And the, the, the lady went to Absalom his brother and told him, Absalom his brother. In fact it's a, it's a whole uh, nice story to to read. There's a lot of blessings. Yeah. And Absalom was not happy. But kept it to himself. And waited for two years to revenge. And went to his father after two years and said, I'm also throwing a party. Can you can can you join us, King David? King David said I don't have the time to join your party. Invite your friends and he said, okay, I've invited my friends, but let my brothers to come, including Abnon. But before then, he had planned with his people that once Abnon comes, they will give him drink when he is drunk, and they will kill him. Because he was revenging for his sister who was raped. And it happened. When Abnon went, Abnon killed him. When David heard that Ab- 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 Abnon had been killed, he wept bitterly. Wept for him for about two to three years. And Absalom, too, knowing that his father would come after him, ran away to go somewhere, go to another place, Gera, to go and hide. And was there until one of David's trusted people, Joab, saw that David was now, had now stopped being sorrowful about the one who died and was now longing to see the one who had escaped. So he looked for means to get Absalom to come back. And Absalom came back. But you see, when a person doesn't follow authority, he doesn't follow authority. After that he came back, the father embraced him. Bygones are bygones. You are my son. I'm your father. Let's continue our journey. After David did that, Absalom still had intentions to become a king. And to overthrow his father, Absalom. So what did he do? 2 Samuel chapter 15. He would, first of all, he dealt with an issue he felt his father didn't deal with it well. Do you understand? So his father didn't deal with the sister's issue well. And if, if he took the whole law into his hands and dealt with it well and ran away. And the father forgave him and brought him back to life. <laughs> Is that not true. came back. When he came, he was now planning. So he got some chariots, some horses, and 50 other people. And they went to the city gate in Jerusalem. At that time, David had become king. So when people are coming with their disputes to come and report to David, then you meet them at the city gate and say, where are you going? I'm going to, I've gotten an issue some dispute, somebody has taken my land and I'm going to King David to go and report. Then he listens to the case there at the the city there. I'm sharing this story with you because we will see most of these things in the church. I started seeing some I think from last year I will keep seeing some this year. And we keep seeing them, no matter what you do. Do you understand? But you, as a leader, you should be able to see those things in the church. And as somebody who is following your man of God, it's very important. So he sat at the city gate, and he was doing that. And he says, your case, you are justified. But you see, there is no judge in Israel. If there was a judge in Israel, if I am made judge in Israel, this is your case, I'll settle it once and for all. Then you hug them and kiss them. Make them feel that you I love you more than my father, who is the king. These things happen in the church. I said what? In most churches. Do you understand? So he made them feel, he did that over and over, until he, the Bible says he won the hearts of the people. He won the hearts of the people by that act. Because he was trying to make his father look irresponsible, the others. There are people in church like that who, who always want the man of God, woman of God to feel. They want you to, to, to see there is a bad side to this man of God. There is a bad side to this woman of God. Nobody has come to you after to anoint you king. It's your father who has anointed king. In fact, you are where you are because of your father. So if today you feel because of where you have arrived, now I can also become a judge and look for means to punish the image of his father. Just because of his own personal interest. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes, personal interest. You see that in Second Samuel chapter 15. It says, Absalom said, Moreover, oh, that I were made charge in the land. Can, we, can you give me the, uh, the good news? Today I came with a good, to the good news Bible. Because we don't have time, so that we can. Are you in church today? Yes, sir. Absalom. There are a lot of Absaloms in the church of Jesus Christ. Some become Absaloms after they've entered because other Absaloms have influenced them. Because Absalom influenced a lot of people. And he told David that one day, after four years of staying at the gate and influencing the hearts of the people, after four years, how many years? Four years. So he was in the church for four years. That's all that he was doing to make sure that he gets people to follow him. He told his father that I'm going to do some sacrifices. I promised God something. So, I want to go and do some sacrifices. And then he went, he was going, not knowing that he was going to plan his coup. His own coup. He wanted to now come and become the king. Or start his own city somewhere. So he went. And David was in the house when he was told that, Quasi, Otiha, your son Absalom has already rebelled though. In fact, he has gathered a lot of men, following about 400 men. They are all following him. They say he's a better king than you. And all of that. You no, know, when you are in a church, and there's a father in the church, and there are things that he hears or he sees and doesn't address them, it doesn't mean that he can't address them easily. Sometimes he wants to wait for, for, for the right time. You know, wants to wait for the right time. And sometimes if he waits for the right time, you may even at the right time rebel. Until you end up like Absalom. I've said that if you rebel in the church, you end up just like all those in the Christian, all those in the Bible who rebelled, they are end. You will not see that at the beginning, but you see that at the end. Because the seeds you plant in the kingdom will follow you. There's a man of God who broke away from Wellness Chapel or the First Church. You see, he couldn't start branches. because the a seed. Once you sow that seed, if you start branches, they will break like you did. Seed. Once start, when you start do, going, you don't see it now, but when you say, I'm starting my church, my church, then you see that people, the seed you have sown, people are sowing the same seed in your life. And then your, your whole head will not be turning upside down. But you didn't know that it's a seed that is now working. You may think it's some demon, but it's not any demon. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So loyalty to your man of God is very key. Did I say something there? Loyalty. So he says that an autonomous, if only I were appointed judge in the land, then everyone who has a complaint or case could come to me and I will see that he gets justice. See what he's saying? If I'm appointed king, I'm appointed judge, his father is there, but it's within the congregation telling people if I'm the one made the leader, if I'm the one who was made this. Do you get what I'm saying? Telling people things, bad influences of certain people, bad things. And Absalom would add if I were appointed, uh-huh. verse 5, we don't have time to read, so you can write it down and read Abs- Absalom's keys. But you see, 18, let's go to Second Samuel 18, Absalom, after he had rebelled, and David flee. you know, David could have, the, the, the amazing thing was that David was, was, even though he was a warrior, he had a good heart. And people always think that when you have a good heart, you don't know what you're about. See, when you have a good heart, you can see that people are rebelling, or somebody is doing something bad, or somebody is gossiping and all that, and still flow with the person. Because you in your mind as a minister, as you keep teaching the word of God, the word of God will help those people to come out of that. Those are those who want to really genuinely want to come out of that. But there are some too who don't know that there is any Joseph anywhere. They never care what you say. They don't care what Some even write it down as if they are really hearing and they don't care about it any longer. David had mighty men. But at the point in time he had about 600 soldiers. David ran away from Jerusalem because of Absalom. All that David was avoiding was the death of his son. Not because he couldn't afford him. Because Absalom had 400 men. David had 600 men when he was running out from Jerusalem. He was running with his for, for his life, as if Absalom could kill him. But he was avoiding the death of Absalom, because if he had said mighty men, let's go after him, they would go and kill him. And that's what they did. After he had escaped, David escaped and left his the concubines there. When Absalom came and saw that they said your father has escaped with all his mighty men, there were about six, six hundred of them. He has run away because of you. Your fear has fallen on your father, the old David. He has run away. And he was like, wow, 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 my father has gone away. away. You understand? Now I can become a king of Ahidra. And then he had also got one of David's wise counselors, Ahithophel, with him. Ahithophel was giving him counsel. But David had prayed that Ahithophel's counsel becomes be very foolish. So when he came to Jerusalem, David had escaped. And David had left concubines. And David left somebody he trusted there. He told him to go there and wait. So they can give him information of what Absalom is doing. But David escaped for his life. With all the people that were with him and his military men, or his mighty men, mighty as they were, they all escaped. Because, why did they escape? Because David escaped. Because David left, they left with him. If David had given them orders, let's go and fight, they would have followed him. Following him throughout. So they... You are prophesying early, early to, to you're like your prophecies have come early at this age. What do you guys think? And then David and his 600 mighty men and other people who were with him ran and left certain concubines. When Absalom came and met their concubines, he said that he said, the adult Ayutthaya said that if you want to show the people that you have strength, everyone of Israel that you have strength, your father is so fearful when he hears your name. Go and sleep with all the concubines that your father left. And he did that. So he was following foolish counsel. And he didn't know. Until, a told him again. He said, for you to, for the people to now know that you are now very powerful, take some men, go after David, kill him, and leave his mighty men, bring his mighty men with you. The whole Israel will know that you are so mighty, you are powerful than your father. He said, okay, sir. And followed Ahito first council. Asked from some elders. And they all said, oh, it's true, it's true. i And be they say, it's true, it's true. Let's go. And they left. When he left to battle, that was his death. When he, started the, he went for the battle, then David also, David also told his military men this particular time, well, his mighty men, this was time, as you go into battle with them. But make sure you don't kill Absalom. All that he was dodging was the death of his son. He had already lost Abnon. He didn't want to lose Absalom too. a good heart as a father. And Absalom left, went to battle. They defeated his people to the point where he had a long, he had a nice hair, long hair. His hair was hanged on, his head was hanged on the tree. In fact, it was Joab who stabbed him like this. Because David said he shouldn't kill him, but Joab still killed him. Killed him because he was a rebel. He died with his head hanging on the uh, on the tree. He killed him. When David heard that Absalom had been killed, he wept like a child. He wept so much that his mighty men got uh, uh, upset. Why are you weeping? The man has rebelled. You have killed him. It's a whole story when you read it, but it makes you see when people are doing things wrongly in the church and. The man of God is trying to avoid certain things and steps back and allow them to continue. So I was talking about somebody I said, you see, that person's work he does has come to square zero because, and nobody knows he has come to square zero, but we know that the person's work has come to square zero because from the beginning going, he has always felt that without him we don't have ministry. Every Everything you tell the person, the person will rebel. Everything you tell the person, it looks like I am my own, what, master. I am my own boss. And I say, this person's life has come to square zero. People will think, oh, this is a person who is very close to Papa. You can be close to me and not follow me. You can be. You can call for test service, you don't come. You can call for, you you give excuses. You are, those excuses, eh, they don't affect me. You know, One of the things I've realized is that God doesn't do things in my life because of numbers or because of people. It's just me and my Holy Spirit, and whatever He wants to do, He will do. But the other people who you want to see them blessed, who don't get blessed, you know, you'll be wondering why by this time this person should be so at this level. Why is this person at this level? And you realize that, like uh, uh, Isaac, I, was it Isaac or Jacob, who said, unstable as water. You've been, you are my firstborn. Are you following what I'm teaching you? That was Jacob. It is, Ruben, you are my firstborn. My firstborn means that you are the first one who came. We are talking about church who came first. I am the one who came first. You are one of those who came first. But it is because you are unstable as water, you will not excel. What does it mean? says you are unstable as water. It, we, it means we, we, you are not stable. When we position you, you can't stay. When we tell you this, can, you are making all this. When we say, let's go, you say, no, we, let's, let me pass here. It says you are not stable. You shall not excel. So excelling also in, in excelling has to do with being stable in what you are doing. Remember what I said there. So sometimes people don't understand why the blessings is just passing behind them. It's because sometimes they are not ready to follow. If you are your own boss, we advise you: you won't take it. We move, you won't do this. We give you this, you won't do it. You are there, you feel that I have my own t- ideas, I can do things, and all of that. You are unstable water, following a man of God. I've seen a lot of things this past five years or what, how many years, five years, I've seen God has helped me to see a lot of things in these five years, how people are and why people, Christians don't get blessed and why people, Christians, if you don't get rewarded for what they do in the house of God, they don't see the reward. Do you understand? Yeah. I've seen a lot of things and sometimes I wonder, because the more you share The more some people think, it's not me he's talking to, he's talking to all of us. Instead of picking and saying, no, this thing, I've been wrong, let me correct it, so it's not me he's talking to. You know what I said? Absalom's head got caught up in branches, because he decided to occupy a position and nobody had given him. He thought because people had rallied behind him, he was uh, uh, the center of what... So, at the center of it all, so the people have got really the In fact, that I have 400 people following me. Somebody came to see me like that. I've, I've stayed with Pastor Obed, Pastor Ofer, Mommy and all that, and some other guys who were with us. And I was there one day when somebody came to see me and said, Papa, I have so and so people in those so and so countries who are connected to me. You see, if I do, I am going to go see I should start my own church. If I do it, you know, do you understand. People think like that. They think because people are with them. That is how to that's church. You but you realise that by the time you take the step, because the spirit has not told you specifically what you should do, by the time you take the step, all those people you are for which you are looking at and said and saying they, they are no longer there. They've all left you. Are you hear what I'm saying? Is that very important? Is that very important? So they fought they, they fought Absalom and he died. A young man he died and his father wept. But he had rebelled. So his death would have happened sooner. But they were giving him the opportunity to turn back. But he decided that once I've rebelled and all the others who have, have rebelled, we have all rebelled. Is that not true? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shout glory. So i just I just shared this story for you to know how people can be and when you have time when you go home, I hope you read it. Yes, you read the story. Second Samuel chapter five, well, chapter fifteen, verse one to nine, second Samuel chapter eighteen, going and see what happened with Absalom. Amen. Second Samuel chapter one, from verse one to sixteen, let's look at that quickly. Today I want to make sure I finish this thing and then who is following what I'm teaching? Are you getting blessed? Yeah, it's so important. So he said, after Saul's death, after Saul's death, because Saul was chasing David, do you understand? And Saul died in battle. But look at the whole story, it is so powerful. Oh, thank you Jesus. After Saul's death, David came back from his victory over the Amalekites and stayed in Ziklag for two days. Uh Uh-huh. The next day, a young man arrived from Saul's camp to show his grief. He had torn his clothes and put death on his head. He went to David and bowed to the ground in respect. Uh-huh. Verse three. David asked him, where have you come from? That was a young man. He says, I have escaped from the Israelite camp. He answered. Verse 4, quickly. We are reading from verse 1 to 16. Uh-huh. Tell me, what happened? David said Our army ran away from the battle He replied, and many of our men were killed. Saul and his son Jonathan were also killed Verse 5 How do you know that Saul and Jonathan are dead? David asked him Verse 6 He answered, I happened to be on Mount Gilboa and I saw that Saul was leaning on his spear and that the tires and cavalry of the enemy were closing in on him Uh huh then he turned around, saw me, and called to me. I answered, Yes, sir. Uh-huh. He asked who I was, and I told him that I was an Amalekite. Verse 9. Uh-huh. Then he said, Come here and kill me. I have been badly wounded, and I am about to die. The guy said that Saul, he saw Saul. So, Saul so said, Come and kill me, because I am about to die. Uh-huh. He was reporting this to David. So I went up to him and killed him. That is the thing he killed. Saul, the king, the anointed one, because I knew that he would die anyway as soon as he fell. Then I took the crown from his head and the bracelet from his arm, and I have brought them to you, sir. Verse twelve. David torn his clothes in sorrow, and all his men did the thing. This one side of the scripture I like so much. When David tore his clothes in sorrow because his arch enemy, Saul, had died, he was supposed to rejoice, but he said no. And tore his clothes in sorrow. The Bible says, All his men, give me the King James of that. All his men also did the same. When you're following a man of God, when he tears his clothes, you tear your clothes too. You don't say, I'm not part of it. It is them. You can never be blessed with that mentality. You can hardly be blessed. When, and I say when you talk about blessings, you are talking about blessings. You are not talking about you got a job. Thank God for the, all those testimonies. But there are levels of blessings the Spirit of God can't bring into your hands. Because you can't follow your pastor. Shall glory. Then David took hold of on his clothes and ran them. And likewise all the men that were with him, verse twelve. Continue. And they mourned and wept and fasted. Until even for Saul, and for Jonathan his son, and for the people of the Lord, and for the house of Israel, because they were fallen by the sword. This was David's attitude. And not only David, all the men that were with him. None of them came to him and said, but that is your enemy. He was looking for you, to, he wanted you to die. Now if he has been killed, then you should rejoice. None of them. Because the king has lied down, and is fasting, and is crying, and is mourning. everybody says, we are also mourning with him. You see the attitude of followership. And the morning wept and fasted until living for Saul. Oh, is that not powerful? Yeah. Verse 13. And David said unto a young man that told him, Where's art thou? And he answered, I am the son of a stranger, an Amalekite. Go back to the good news. Verse 14. Well, not just to verse 16. Is that not powerful? Oh. This is something you can The good news Bible. Shout hallelujah. hallelujah Who is getting blessed here David asked him David asked the young man Who had brought him the news He asked the young man who had brought him the news Where are you from He answered I'm an Amalekite But I live in your county. Verse 14 David asked him how is it that you dared Kill the lost chosen king Because he said it, he killed him He said, how is it that you dared to kill him Loyalty say loyalty Even at the point where Saul had rebelled against David, David was loyal. Loyalty. Look at the kind of person. You dare to kill an anointed person? You dare to kill an anointed person? David asked, How is it that you dare to kill the lost chosen king? You? (laughs) Verse 15. Verse 15. Then David called one of his men and said, Kill him too. The man stabbed the Amalekite and mortally wounded him. Uh Verse 16. And David said unto the Amalekites, you brought this on yourself. You condemned yourself when you confessed that you killed the one whom the Lord chose to be king. Verse 17. David sang this lament for Saul and his son Jonathan. so that he sang a song for them. But Saul was looking for David to kill. And Saul had been killed. But a person with a good heart. Are you getting what I'm saying? Good? It matters your heart. I've said it before that. Many Christians are because of the kind of heart they have. The kind of heart. Some are selfish hearted. Selfish hearted. All they think is themselves. It's me. It's me. It's me. If it's, it's not benefit me, why should I be involved? Do you understand? Uh, selfish hearted. And this is so powerful. Isn't it so powerful? So you can read it. Faithfulness. But when the people, when he tore his clothes, all the others tore their clothes also. Just like David did. When you are following a man of God, when he says you are going in this direction, what makes us know that you are not a rebel that we all say we are going in this direction and you follow. We know when you are a rebel, when we all say you are going in this direction and you go the other way around. We know you are not, when we say you are a rebel, you are disloyal. You are not faithful. You can't be trusted when it comes to the ministry. When we say you are going in this direction, you give us excuse. When we say you are going, I call the couple here. A couple here where there was a, an incident and we sat there with them here. We sat here for three hours. Why? Try to justify their wrong. Try to justify, we are justifying our wrong. They are wrong. Are you not wrong? No, sir. I'm not wrong, sir. Eh, it's because this happened. Ah, are you not? No. It's because that happened, sir. It's because that happened, sir. Okay, we will see what. You see, why you do that, eh? You are coming to square zero without knowing. <laughs> By the time you see you are at square zero, you say, ah, what happened to me? I was so up there. What has brought me down? It's the Holy Spirit that has brought you down. To come and learn very well. Because if you don't learn when you are, you are up there, you learn well when you are down. By the time it puts you up again, you know how to be there very well. Be stable as water. How do you guys say? (laughs) Stable as bottled water. (laughs) Shout glory. Glory. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Say thank you, Jesus. As you say thank you, Jesus. Ruth chapter 1, verse 1 to 16, write it down. But let's read it. Ruth chapter 1, verse 1 to 16. Ruth chapter 1. I'm giving you certain examples in the scriptures by following, following your man of God in his doctrines, in his vision, in his fastings, in his prayers, and all that concerns the Lord's vision that has been entrusted to him. Amen. You follow your man of God. Don't be too low no on your man of God. I know too much. I'm like this. Me, you don't know what the, the people I even work with. They are not. You are not like them. You know the people I'm working with. Do you understand? Yes, sir. Uh, keep on working with the people you are working with. They are your Jesus. They are what? They are so, Ruth chapter 1, verse 1 to 16. Long ago, in the days before Israel had a king, there was a famine in the land. You know, this is a whole long story that you can read it for yourself. But, let us see somewhere Uh, shout glory! It, it, it's like the the way Elisha had to follow Elijah. Elisha followed Elijah, but you see, it wasn't only Elijah that was Elisha that was part of the company of prophets. There were other prophets in every city they entered. There were prophets that belonged to Elijah, but there was one that was standing out. The Bible says it was the one pouring water. On the hands of Elijah. He was following Elijah. And he was the one who caught. What the Bible refers to as a double portion. A portion that is given to the firstborn. He caught it. Why? Because he was following. The very day a mantle dropped on him. He took his cloth and he got. God told him go and I'll show you. Told Elijah. And he went and put his mantle on him. Elijah left everything. Elijah left everything he was doing. And started following Elijah. Shout glory! This is long ago, in the days before Israel had a king. There was a family in the land. So a man named Elimelech, who belonged to the clan of Ephrath, who lived in Bethlehem in Judah, went with his wife Naomi and their two sons, Malon and Chilion, to live for a life, to live for a while in the country of Moab. While they were living there, mm-hmm. Elimelech died. That's Naomi's husband. Was left alone with her two sons, uh-huh. and both of them died. Continue. Who married Moabite women, Opa and Ruth, about ten years later? Uh-huh. So these two boys married Opa and Ruth. Uh-huh. Verse 6. Look at what happens. This is very powerful. Sometime later, Naomi heard that the Lord had blessed his people by giving them good crops. So she got ready to leave Moab with her daughters-in-law. Mm-hmm. Seven. They started out together to go back to Judah. But on the way, verse eight. She said to them, why? Because the two husbands had died. i read the whole story. The two husbands had died. And it was Levit Naomi and his uh, daughters-in-law. She said to them, go back home and stay with your mothers. So she was actually driving them away to go back home because they came into his uh, family through marriage. And the husbands, their husbands, her husbands had, had died. So why do you still follow me? You know, Go back home and stay with your mothers. May the Lord be as good as you, as you have been to me, and to those who have died. Verse 9. And may the Lord make it possible for each of you to marry again and have a home. So Naomi kissed them goodbye, but he started crying. Verse 10. And said to her, No, we will go with you to your people. Now give me the King James update. This is what I want us to read. Verse 10. Verse 10. King James. And he said unto her, Surely we will return with thee unto thy people. Verse 11. And Naomi said, Turn again, my daughters, why will you go with me? Are there yet any more sons in my womb, that they may be your husbands? Verse 12. Turn again, verse 12. Turn again, my daughters, go your way, for I am too old to have a husband, if I should say. I have hope. If I should say, I have hope. If I should have an husband also tonight and should also bear sons. Verse 13. Would you tarry for them till they were grown? Would you stay for them from having husbands? Nay, my daughters. For it grieved me much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord is gone out against me. Verse 14. It's now me speaking. And the, these two people, just like what we read concerning David and his men. The men, when they saw David, was crying, they cried. When they saw David was in trouble, they were also in trouble. They didn't see their trouble different from the man of God's trouble. Because to them, they were identified with the man of God. What the man of God is, is what they are. And that's a proper, that's a genuine, true followership. Do you understand what I'm saying? Hmm. So following your man of God. And they lifted up their voice and wept again. These two daughters started weeping again. You know. And Opa, Opa, when you study, you realize that Opa ended up into idolatry because she left. Opa kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth cleave. Do you see there? Yes, Ruth did what? Cleave Unto her. Verse 15. And she said, Behold, thy sister-in-law is gone back unto her people and unto her gods. Do you see that? So she went back into her gods because she left Naomi. Return thou after thy sister in law, verse sixteen. And Ruth said, and this is the most powerful powerful part I want us to read. Is that not powerful? And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following after thee. For where you go, I will go. And where you lodge, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God shall be your God. Do you, do you see the response there? Yeah. Give me the NIV of, uh, the King James NIV of that. The good news NIV of that. That's so powerful. That's a proper statement to make in following a man of God. Where you go is where I will go. Where you stay is what I will stay. What you eat is what I will eat. What you do is what I will do. It's so important. It's so important. But what answered Don't ask me to leave you. Let me go with you. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you leave, I will leave. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Do you know the end of this statement? Ruth married Boaz and gave birth to Jesse. Let me see what what happened at the end. But Jesse came out of that relationship. David came out of that Jesse. And it's followed like that. This relationship. But the other one who left ended up in the hands of idols. The one who said, I am staying with you. Your God is my God. And that is how to fool a man of God. Man of God, your God is my God. Your grace is my grace. Your car is my car. Your this is my that. Whatever you, wherever you are, that is where I will be also. That is the description of loyalty. And the description of faithfulness in following a man of God That God has called over your life. You see. And these things that we share, we share to you for your blessings and profiting. You know. You wish everybody was hearing this. Is that not true? So everybody will understand how to follow the man of God. But not everybody will hear. Is that not true? Somebody told me. Somebody told us. He says, Papa, I'm building you a house. I'm building you a house. If I don't build, if we don't finish building your house, I won't move into my own house. That's 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 what? That's that's what? That's loyalty. Some people say, Oh that Papa living. You know what he's talking about. Someone sent me a message recently, two days ago, it was so powerful message. I spoke to them concerning one or two things and sent me a message and said, Papa, I've ever since we, we spoke to you concerning these things, Papa we've been so challenged. He said we have been so challenged. I was telling them something that was very important. Amen. Hmm. There are people too, within the church, that you will not, whatever you say, they will not hear. They will not mind you. In fact, Sunday, when I was living, uh, someone said something, was it Dickness who said something, that this lady who did the wedding owes us a lot of things. In fact, we have to, uh, it was when our last who became God, the father, father of the bride at a point in time, and mommy became mother of the bride at a point in time. That is the extent to which we can go in this ministry. So, if anybody comes to you and tells you somebody has done this, this, this. I was, well, once we were going there, I told, I said, we, and we took a bus. We we took a bus, filled the bus with church people, went all the way to Koforidia. How many pastors would do that? All the way to Koforidia to do a naming ceremony, true or false. And the naming ceremony, oh, it's not even that the person was given birth already. It was through the same grace that a person got pregnant and stood to say, I'm pregnant today because mommy, this, 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 this. And all of that, all these things. If such person, after a period of time, sits down, somebody else comes and says, oh, these people, they are no good people. And the person says, yes, so, they are no good people. And that person has a problem. What do you guys think? We sat in the way that went to there. Imagine we are going to an accident and we are all died Just for a naming ceremony. Now, where is the person who said me went to do? Mm-hmm. Who has offended him? Do you understand what I'm talking about? I'm talking about loyalty. When people decide to not be loyal, you know, and it's important as leaders we observe such attitudes within the church. It doesn't mean that we are going to be standing there be cursing you or all of that, but we will train the people who are ready to follow us. We train the people who are ready to follow us. No man of God will take a church bus, sit inside. In fact, the best we can do is let you come to church, not to, and do the naming in church. Do the naming in church. Do the naming in church. Not to follow you. We sat in a car, went all the way to Majera. One incident that uh, people will never forget. Is that not true? In fact, in that manner, we all iran't and we're getting that. Just to follow someone that we did not really, really know, but had begged us to represent him as a pastor. Are you hearing sure what I'm saying? Just to go and make sure he gets married. The same thing that happened on Saturday that you were talking about. When mommy had to go to the, the hotel to make sure the wedding and all that that, all of that. What else do you want from the church to give you money? We paid somebody's wedding, whatever. We did it at Airport West. We did the person's wedding. Is that not what we did at the church? Did the person, we did the reception at Airport West. We did the reception. Not because the person has brought me money. In fact, I can say before God, a man, that I don't remember the seed, the person said, I've gotten a job, so I'm going to go, i got to my first withdrawal today. But we are not doing it because of the money. They are doing it because of the calling and the love. You see, I'm bringing some of your attention to some of these things so that you realize that there are people in church who will be the way they are no matter what you say. And those are the people who go to people in the church. And as leaders, you should be able to notice those people. Do you understand what I'm saying? They are the ones who will go and go and say, you know, when I went to mommy's house, mommy did this, 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 this. Is it not a privilege to even have entered Momi's house? Yeah. It's a privilege. Not many ministers will open their houses for you to come. They'll meet you in their office or in the church and talk to you. And say we will pray for you later. But you'll be shocked that these people I'm talking about that we did this, we did this wedding, we did. That, you'll be shocked that at a small something that somebody will say, come and say, wrongfully to the person. You'll say, Oh, i am sorry we cram and I'm sorry way. So those are the things that I started addressing somewhere last year to this year. The things that cause division within the church. And so that as Christians and even as leaders, we can look at all of that. Those things will happen no matter what you say in the church. But you should not be influenced wrongly because somebody said this, somebody said that, somebody said this. Most of all those people, none of them have contributed anything into my life that they can stand somewhere and talk about. None of them. But we have contributed into their life more than they have contributed into their lives. Huh? And even to the ministry. None of them. Shout glory. So your God is my God. Papa, your God is my God. Your grace is my grace. Your church is my church. If you say we should move from here right now, we are all moving with you. If you say we should pastor the church, I'm going out there to go and open the cluster of uh, WCN branches. Papa, we are with you wherever you are. We may not be in that nation with you, but we are in the nation with you because you are there. And we want to see cluster of churches. What do you guys think? I call it WCN cluster of churches, which is knocking at the door. What do you guys think? Okay, so let's read this scripture. Paul also had mighty men, but because of our time, just read Romans chapter 16 from verse 1. Write it down sixteen, but before I run up, I wanted to see.
1: You know, I'm sharing
0: with you like I'm doing what I'm doing a class with you. What do you guys think? Sure. Uh, I'm not here to give you big big review and all that. The big big gravy already there online. What do you guys think? Sure. But I want you to fold. This is so important. But our lives is this not important? Paul mentioned He Says who is one of you saluted you. Says always laboring. That's Colossians uh, Colossians chapter 4, right? Somewhere verse 12. So who is? Look at it. Look for it from Colossians chapter 4, verse 12. It's one of the favorite scriptures. It mentions every But do you see David's mighty, he talked about, uh, uh, Paul's mighty men also. Mighty men. Paul also had mighty men who were with him. Look at the Romans. I commend to our sister Phoebe, who serves the church at what? St. Craig or Rancrae or whatever it is. It's another Greek word. Receive her in the Lord's name as God's people should, and give her any help she may need from you. For she herself has been a good friend to many people and also to me. Do you see there? David's testimony of some people, um, Paul's testimony of some people who were part of the ministry. That's why he mentions Priscilla. He mentions Aquila, He mentions people who joined hands with him to make sure that their faces we read and all of that all are the way they are. Those who supported him in the ministry. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes, mm. You see them all throughout. I send greetings to Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers, in the service of Christ Jesus. Names have been mentioned. Say names are being mentioned. Verse 5. Yes, they raised their lives for me. I am grateful to them. Not only I, but all the Gentile churches. They risk their lives for me. That's somebody and their husband. Priscilla and Aquila. Aquila and Priscilla. The only Priscilla is mentioned to so Maybe she was more active. Is that not true? Greetings also to the church that meets in their, in their house. So they had a church that was meeting where? In their, in their house. Greetings to my dear friend Epinetus, who was the first in the province of Asia to believe in Christ. Oh, shout glory. But now look at. So when you go, you read all of that. Okay? Is that an assignment? Now let's go to Philippians chapter 2. Epaphras was praying for the church. But this is uh, another person. Epaphroditus. Epaphroditus. Those are names they are mentioning. But look at it. Philippians chapter 2, verse 1, quickly. Give me the the amplified of that. Amplified of that. Quickly, and let me close with it. We are out of time. But who has been blessed so far? Hmm. So be there. Root in the church. Who is following? Be the mighty man of what? Of David. Hmm. Be the mighty man of David who decides to follow. I'm following you. I'm following you, sir, wherever we are going. Thank God for the mighty men who are following me. But we need more mighty men. Yes, you are following wherever you are. I am. Is that not true? Yes, some will fall by the way, said, like what like Christ said, said at the point in time when he gave some small, small gifts to some people and they started prophesying, They became proud and fell by the wayside. So sometimes people will fall by the wayside. But those who follow will see the blessings of the Lord. Amen. So it says that what? Uh, Go to verse. Shout glory. Verse 19. We'll start from somewhere, verse 10, and let me see what is there. Uh, Philippians chapter 2. I read there? Now the name of Jesus, now comes verse 11. Mm-hmm. Verse 12. Therefore, my dear ones, as you have always obeyed in my... Give me the NIV. This one is too plenty for me. Shout <laughs> out Give me the NIV of that. We are closing with this scripture. I want you to see what Paul said concerning certain people. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Verse 13. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Verse 14. Do everything without complaining or arguing. Verse 15. So that you may become blameless and pure, Children of God without fault, you see what we, we are following, children of God without fault, in a crooked, you do things without blame, Would With, be to be pure children, without fault, in a crooked and depraved generation, in which you shine like stars in the universe, verse 16, verse 16, hurry as you, you, up, as you hold out the word of life in order that I may boast on the day of Christ, that I did not run or labor for nothing. Verse 17, the motive of this man of God. But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your feet, I'm glad and rejoice with all of you. Verse 18. So you, should, you too should be glad and rejoice with me. Verse 19. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. Verse 20, talking about Timothy. I have no one else like him. He's talking about Timothy. Do you see it there? Yeah. This scripture is so important. This, I want to send Timothy to you. Says, I have no one else like him who takes a genuine interest in your welfare. Now, give you the amplifier of that. Verse 20 quickly. I'll be there. If you have no one like him, no one of, of so kindred a spirit who will be so genuinely interested in your welfare, and devoted to your interest. Paul's talking about Timothy. Do you see it there? Mm. Continue, verse 21. For the others all seek to advance their own interest. This is a New Testament. This is Apostle Paul speaking. Okay, do you see it there? Mm. For the others all seek, he was talking about Timothy his son that was following him, and was interested in, in the wealth of the churches that Paul had begun. Do you understand? Then it says, but there are others too who are not Timothy. Say, I am a Timothy. I am a Timothy. For the others all seek to advance their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. Then verse 22. They seek to advance their own interests. But Timothy tested what you know, how as a son with his father, you see it, he has toiled with me zealously in serving and helping to advance the good news. He has served with who? As a father, he has toiled with me zealously. Do you see it there? In serving and helping to advance the good news. So, so saying Timothy has done what? Had toiled with him in the advancement of the gospel. Verse 23. Are you seeing it there? Are you seeing it there? I hope therefore to send him promptly, just as soon as I know how my case is going to turn out. Verse 24. The guy was in trouble somewhere in some prison. But really, I am confident and fully trusting in the Lord that shortly I myself shall come to you also. Verse 25. However, I thought it necessary to send Epaphroditus. And this is not the first time his name is mentioned. In fact, he brought some goose to Paul. He brought some goose. When he says, when God has supplied your needs to was Epaphroditus who brought the goods from the church. Do you understand? You see his name mentioned here again. To, to send Epaphroditus back to you. He has been my brother and companion in labor. Do you understand? And my, and my fellow soldier, as well as having come as your special messenger, apostle, and minister to my need. Isn't that not powerful? Look at the testimony that Paul gives concerning this young man, Paphroditus. Shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. Do you see those names mentioned? I said, do you see those names mentioned? So, it's very important that we see this one. There are people in church who seek to advance their own interests in the church. There are some who seek to follow the man of God. There are some who seek to labor with the man of God. There are some who don't want to labor anything. They just, those are the people who are always giving excuses. Why? Where I'm coming from is far. Why, is, why didn't you come for this? Even leaders, among the leaders, they are the ones who say, Oh, Papa, uh, uh, Lord, get outside the last time. And all that. And we're saying all kinds of things. See, even as leaders. But it's so important that you labor with your man of God. You follow him in whatever he is doing. And you labor together in His vision to make sure that what the Lord wants to accomplish on the earth, for which you came to be part of, that vision is accomplished on the earth. If you are here with me, shout Hallelujah. Hallelujah! So we can even appoint you a pastor, and you are not laboring with us. When we see that, we can say no. You can't be a pastor again. You being a pastor, if we put you into an office, you can't function. You go and relax. That's what uh, what. A church last year, some church did that and some people were complaining and all that, why would you? is this your fruitless pastor? Why should we keep you there? Is that not true? Yeah. So being a pastor is not a, a title, it's a function. I have to work. You have to work. And you have to be ready to work. So if we call, you we want to be able say, no, 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 Papa, I can't be a pastor now. I have so much work to do. Um, as I speak to you, I work at this bank. There's another bank I'm working at. I'm working about five banks together. And I'm raising money. I can't be a pastor at all. Thank God for the, the batheque. Do you understand? Don't so say, okay, okay. The one you finish and you consider, you say, oh, I'll be a pastor, but let me see. I won't be available at all. You see, your, those thoughts and motives, uh, they are revealed to the Spirit. If you don't take interest in God's business, God cannot take interest in your business. We will lay hands on you. You sow your seed, you pay your tithes, you will give your partnership, but you see no results. Why? Because God's business is not your number one priority. It is your own that is your number one. It is because of that that you don't have time for the Lord. Do you understand? Yeah. So you have to use your own effort to build it. And like I said earlier, it says except the Lord build the house, they do what? They labor in vain. That tries to build it. So you'll be trying to build your business and you are laboring in training. People are wanting, ah, but he gives. But she gives. She's even the top partner. Or oh, she's the number three partner. How hey, is this person? The way he can he can give, and you know, it's not only giving. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Hmm. Giving has its role, service has its role, laboring with the man of God has this role. You hear that we are having a crusade, you are there. You are not giving us a why you can't come. Then you are also praying that God should give you big contracts. Ah, are you not, uh, is that, have you been injected spiritually or what? Or demonically? What do you guys think? So the person has been injected with demons that will give all the excuses and say, God, should bless my work that I'm doing. You are running away from God. You say, you are, you are running. God says, I put you here. You say now no, I can't stay here. I put you, no, no, I can't But if God puts you there and you stay there, He will bless you. Shout glory to that. Glory. So look, what, what I want you to know is that follow your man of God genuinely. Is that what we said here? Yes. Is so powerful shall we bow down our heads. Father we thank you for your word. We thank you for correcting, guiding and teaching us so that we can follow the men that you have set as overseers over our souls. We bless your name, Lord, because there is none like you. honor you, Lord. We adore you, Lord. Thank you for your word that is working in our lives. It's working in WCN. It's working everywhere across the globe. Thank you for your leadings. We bless your name, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Glory, we are taking our offerings. Okay, shall we all share the grace even as we take our offerings quickly because of our time? The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ the love of God, my our fellowship with the Holy Spirit, with us now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. Glory. 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 So we are bringing our Wednesday service to an end. We have programs, that or to, on Sunday. And then we have several programs that I know that we are all aware of. Let us all be participating in these meetings. And the Lord will bless us all. In Jesus' name. Amen. Glory. Glory. Hallelujah. So, good night to us all. God bless us, even as we sow our seed in the house of God. Amen. Amen.